Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Are you looking to take your media strategy to the next level and make impact with millions of customers? Walmart Connect harnesses the massive reach of America's number one retailer. They can help you connect more meaningfully with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers to find the right audience for your message. They use Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to help you precisely target even niche audiences at scale. Visit walmartconnect.com today to see how they can help you find the customers you want at the scale you need. The red flags went up when they raised a massive round of funding and started comparing themselves to Google. Welcome to episode 18 of The Great Fail, a podcast that examines the greatest success stories and their spectacular fails. What led to the demise of the most prolific people, brands, and companies, I am your host, Deborah Chen, and this week we'll be looking at Color Labs. At 5 p.m. March 23, 2011, a group of executives in Palo Alto, California were anxiously pacing back and forth. It was the highly anticipated launch date for the photo sharing app Color one of the most hyped and prized startups within the VC world. With nothing to do but wait for results, tensions were running high. While the 30-plus staff members of Color were waiting for Apple to approve the app, co-founder and CEO Bill Nguyen found his mind wandering to the worst-case scenario, the shame and anguish of an unapproved product with lots of angry press. But those fears were put to rest when the good news came through. Color was approved. People began downloading Color's app at such a high rate that it quickly became one of the most downloaded apps in history. The office erupted in celebration. But that moment, too, was short-lived. Because within 30 minutes, the executives faced a disaster. One of the worst that can occur when launching an app. Color didn't work very well. They started to see the reviews pop up in the App Store from frustrated users who posted very low ratings. One out of five stars. Two out of five stars. Bill would later recount that moment, drawing a parallel to the feeling of him, quote, putting a finger into a light socket. He said, holy s***, we totally f***ed up. Welcome to the story of Color Labs, developed in 2011 
crashed and disabled by 2012. The story of Color Labs was suggested to me a few months ago, and at the time, I wasn't particularly aware of the company or what they did. And frankly, even as I looked into it, I wasn't exactly sold. I had thought, well, apps are a dime a dozen, so why does this one even matter? And I had also read that the chances of making a successful mobile app are so low that you actually have a better shot at making the NBA than to have your app go viral. So it really wasn't a major surprise when color didn't take off. Months later, though, I revisited the story and spoke with several ex-employees and a few reporters and saw a different side to the story, one that really hooked me. On paper, Color Labs had almost everything you can ask for to launch an app. Extremely deep pockets, an all-star executive team, and the backing of some very influential and wealthy people. But even with all that, Color Labs crashed and burned. How could things have gone so wrong? Back in 2010, co-founders Bill Nguyen and Peter Pham, two very well-known founders with successful track records, came forward with a new startup idea. Starting with Bill, who already had a successful exit from his online music service, Lala, which he sold to Apple for $80 million, that set the stage for his future ambitions. Again, I've spoken to several people who made it fairly clear, but Bill was really the driving force behind color. They all described him as unusually energetic and wildly charismatic, a serial entrepreneur and a Silicon Valley archetype who after that successful exit with Apple, worked for Steve Jobs for less than a year before deciding to launch another company. And although he didn't know what the company was going to be yet, he had a blueprint that had been proven to be successful. And that was raise a ton of money, hire the best engineers, get a swanky office equipped with ping pong tables and whatever else was needed to cultivate the next big plan. That blueprint, of course, is one of the most enigmatic and daunting aspects of the VC world. Many institutions and researchers have amassed tons of data on figuring out what makes VCs fund companies, only to find out that oftentimes the driving force behind these titanic investment decisions is something that can't really be quantified, like a gut feeling. In many instances, having a charismatic leader like Bill was enough to win over investors. Another thing I found so interesting about this particular case was the sheer depth of Color Labs funding. The company hauled in $41 million before they even had an idea. It was this larger-than-life grandiosity that attracted a lot of press for the budding company. Reporters saw the massive amounts of money being thrown around and wanted to know more. Who was the man behind it all? You know, Bill was, you know, a bright-eyed, exciting guy, and they had a pretty slick app that was doing something that not other people were doing, and it was an exciting time, you know, that whole, like, early mobile app ecosystem was sort of wild, wild west. So I thought about that company over the years. It had a lot of potential, and, and obviously it had this giant funding round. 
That was Ty McMahon, who wrote for The Wall Street Journal covering tech and venture capital. He's covered hundreds of companies, but recalls his meeting with Bill because he was previously a fan of his product, Lala, and also because there was a lot of enthusiasm for emerging tech companies, and Bill already came out with some pretty good street cred. There was just a lot of enthusiasm around that sort of Web 2.0 era. And, you know, the iPhone and Android were really starting to hit a reasonable saturation with consumers. So there was really this sort of app ecosystem opening up that, you know, I think felt like land run. On paper, Bill was the dream entrepreneur and encapsulated extraordinary energy, one that was decisive and steadfast. But he also had a knack for pivoting, an ability to change course or the direction of what the business was originally set up to do. And he combined it with tireless hustle. Growing up in low-income housing to Vietnamese parents, he knew he didn't want to be poor. He started out his career as a used car salesman while moonlighting as a party promoter on the weekends, throwing huge warehouse raves where he would be pulling in $5,000 per night. The money went to his private school education, then his apartment in Houston, and then a Porsche. Bill was in his third year at Houston Baptist University when he realized that he already knew everything he needed to know about a career in the investment world. He figured out that it wasn't about the numbers. It was about the trends and being able to tell a compelling story. And he was the ultimate storyteller. You know, I saw a lot of a lot of CEOs come in to pitch and Bill was good at his job. You know, he was he was great at hyping the product. You know, part of your job as a reporter is sort of be able to temper your enthusiasm for it, you know, to some degree and, and, and be fair about it. But he, he gave a great presentation and showed off something that looked pretty cool. And he seemed to have the goods, you know. He was very smart and very pleasant to be around. <laughs> I remember that. I remember him in the conference room wearing the hoodie like everyone did at the time. And I remember him looking like very cozy. <laughs> I mean, not just sort of like in comfortable clothes, but like comfortable in the room, but he's selling hard. You know, he's being extremely kind because maybe that's just who he is. But, you know, he had tremendous enthusiasm for the product and vision. And so, you know, he was a good at his job. He was a good salesman. According to a Fast Company article, Bill's close friends frequently called him a Jedi on the account of his extraordinary ability to make meetings not about money and negotiations, but about conveying a story, drawing in the potential investor by convincing them to believe in him, to believe they wanted to buy whatever he was selling, and a desperate desire to be part of what was being built, even if there wasn't so much of a floor plan in place. An investor from Bain Capital recalled meeting Bill for the first time at their office where he came in and basically stood up and described his vision for where the world was, what could happen, and where we were all going to go. Apparently, his elevator pitch entailed him saying, quote, I'm doing it. I'm ready. I'm going. That confidence, along with the track record of success, was enough to make Bain pump $9 million into the company. That was the type of magic that Bill had, and it was perfectly suited to that very particular moment in the VC world. But like a filter on an influencer's selfie, the money can only do so much to hide what things really looked like. 
Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to unlock the full potential of your media spend? Whether you're looking to launch a new product, build your brand, or help increase sales this quarter, Walmart Connect helps brands make an impact with precise targeting, powerful analytics, and the reach of America's number one retailer. Walmart Connect offers solutions for advertisers of all sizes on and off Walmart's digital properties and in their stores. From cost-effective sponsored search and self-serve display ads on Walmart's site and apps to connected TV and off-site media across web and social to in-store activations and live events, Walmart Connect can help you deliver the right content to the right Walmart customer at the right step of their shopping journey. And Walmart Connect's closed-loop measurement means they can track the full impact of your campaign on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today to find out how you can start connecting with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers. Walmart Connect. More than media. Meaningful connections. In December of 2010, Bill and Peter purchased Color.com for $350,000 before subsequently closing $41 million in funding from influential VC firms Sequoia Capital and Bain Capital, along with other forms of funding. For months, Bill and the team's leading idea was to start with an AR game where you would use a furry creature to colonize the world. But the team decided to scratch it. Instead, they came up with another idea, one that sounded very familiar to Instagram. Taking photos with captions and being able to share it. With one big twist, you would be able to see other color users within 150 feet of you and become part of their network. Keep in mind that Instagram came out in 2010, so when color's concept for sharing photos through social networking wasn't breaking new ground, The emphasis on location-based interaction was so significant that the company felt it was worth pursuing. Ideally, users would be able to see photos from nearby locations that would create a hyper-localized feed. Yeah, I mean, at the time, you know, you had 
some folks trying to to build the social network for mobile. You know, you you had uh, Path, you know, which was beautiful. They had a beautifully designed app, and you know, it's sort of celebrated founder from Facebook. They just sort of didn't gain traction. You know, Instagram had millions of users at that time. I mean, at the time that Color came out, I mean, they they had gained you know some traction, and you know, I think they raised you know a Series A around that time. You know, so they were still pretty young. But they had gained traction, you know, people, this idea of sharing photos exclusively, you know, was, was interesting to consumers. They'd, they'd gotten a little bit of spark with something, you know, and color seemed like the next gear for those concepts. It, it was applying this geo, you know, layer, like you said, on the app, you know, which seems basic now. Everybody sort of, you know, can click on that, like, location on Instagram and it takes you to that place. But, you know, this was new smart thinking at that time. Folks weren't using geo. It was just sort of starting to sort of arrive and in some of these applications and the color allowed you to peek through the camera lenses of all the users in your area and you know i thought that was what was interesting you know i I think the example that i remember that really made it hit home for me that bill gave was if you're in the cheap seats you have the ability to see the front row but on the day of the big launch in 2011 kinks and glitches started to emerge and the bugs in the app were only part of the problem. First, to say that Color was fiscally responsible of investor money would be, well, irresponsible. Color was actually the antithesis of being a lean startup. At the beginning, Color's decision to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to acquire a domain was the first warning sign. But could somewhat be justified. Renting an extravagant office, however, in downtown Palo Alto, equipped with beanbag chairs, tents for napping, and a half-pipe skateboard ramp. Well, on the other hand, that was entirely absurd by any reasonable measure. This lavish spending stood in stark contrast to other startups like Instagram, which launched on a $500,000 seed funding round while gradually working through its kinks prior to raising additional capital. Second, in their minds, Color was launching an extremely cool concept, which generated enough of a mystique to garner people's attention. But once the app was out in the wild, cracks in the product quickly became apparent. For one thing, using the location-based functionality was poorly explained and unintuitive to use, a massive problem considering it was the only differentiating factor for color versus Instagram. Perhaps more damning was the fact that people simply didn't care. The company had failed to deliver a compelling product that convinced users to embrace a new platform. Like Google Glass, Color created an answer to a problem that didn't really exist. As one reviewer put it, quote, it would be pointless even if I managed to understand how it works. Third was their failed launch strategy. Color's app revolved around user locations, and in order for that to work as it intended to be, there would be a need for large group users close together. Unfortunately for the company, they hadn't prepared their rollout around this need, and rather than building out a user base during a pre-launch period and thoughtfully approaching the build-out, Color instead opted for a unified launch, which left thousands of users with nobody to share their pictures with. By contrast, Instagram built an audience, listened to feedback, 
tweaked its products before carefully going back to the market to raise more money and refine its features. Color went the opposite direction and flopped. In the fickle world of mobile apps, companies had to constantly compete for attention, which means users aren't likely to stick around with a broken, mediocre product. With color seemingly dead in the water, it seemed that Bill's ability to pivot and change course would come in handy. Three months after the launch, Bill fired his co-founder, Peter, while Color's chief product officer, DJ Patil, quickly followed. Here, with his back against the wall, was a chance for Bill to pivot, but instead of a new concept, he doubled down for the relaunch in May of 2011 by partnering with Verizon to have the app pre-installed on Android phones to help ensure a bigger audience. Even so, it still didn't fix the core problem with Color's app. It simply didn't present a compelling reason for people to stay. Another interesting wrinkle was the rumor that Google had offered to buy Color for $200 million before it even launched, only to be turned down by Bill. In hindsight, the company probably should have been wise enough to take the money then. And by the end of 2012, with less than 100,000 active users on the platform, Bill decided he was no longer going to be involved with the day-to-day operations of running the company he had started. But even without Bill at the helm, Color still had to sort through problems created under his watch. Although they had enough capital and runway to pivot, the company was blindsided by a civil lawsuit filed by an ex-employee accusing Bill of misconduct and fostering an abusive work environment through the use of verbal and psychological threats. The suit also accused him of corporate embezzlement, alleging that Bill had put his nanny and ski instructor on the company's payroll. That put the final nail in the coffin. It's a pattern we've seen play out many times, even with companies like WeWork. For instance, an outwardly charismatic CEO fails to lead the company adequately, and the subsequent failure exposes problems that were there from the start. Evidently, tolerating toxic behavior becomes more challenging when success isn't on the horizon. You know, I I think some people might say that the red flags went up when they raised a massive round of funding and started comparing themselves to Google. That's a bold claim, and it's tough to live up to that. So any sort of stumble out of the gate when you're comparing yourself to Google is going to, like, invite some trolls. Color eventually became a punchline in the VC world, to the point where all you needed to do at a conference was to get up on stage and say the word color before the crowd would erupt in laughter. (laughs) It was emblematic of everything wrong with Silicon Valley, which made it an easy punching bag. With Color's massive investor support, excessive spending, and an utter lack of viable product, It's very much the poster child for Bubble 2.0, where really smart people made very questionable decisions. In October of 2012, the board voted to wind down the company, and Apple ended up acquiring what was left of color for an undisclosed sum. What was left by then were a team of engineers and some worthless patents. 
Oh, and don't forget a skate ramp and some beanbags that were once worth $41 million. Special thanks to Ty McMahon for sharing his research on Color Labs for this episode. And thank you for tuning in to this week's The Great Fail. Please make sure to visit our website at thegreatfail.com for behind-the-scene audio and video footage. If you like these episodes and want us to continue bringing you more, please subscribe to our newsletter because, well, not connecting with you would be our great fail. While you're at it, simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out too. The research on each episode is extensive, but none of them would be possible without the tireless efforts of researchers, writers, and reporters. They are all credited on thegreatfail.com under our show notes. Lastly, you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Great Fail Pod. And please subscribe, rate, review this podcast on iTunes to show your support. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. And remember, folks, with great failure comes great liability. I must confess, I did what I did, now my life's a mess. If you expect your media investment to deliver clear, measurable results, Walmart Connect can help you get there with powerful analytics and the reach of America's number one retailer. Their closed-loop measurement uses Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to track the impact of your campaigns on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today and see how they can help make your media spend meaningful. Walmart Connect. More than media, meaningful connections. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.